Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. You're listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast brought to you by DraftKings. There we go. And uh, great deal going on right now. You throw down $1 on an NFL game, and if either team scores, you get $100 in free plays. Team's going to score. There you go. All right, we got a lot to get to right here. We're joined by John Schuster, Anthony Gimino. Anthony doesn't know it, but Anthony's got a surprise set up for this this show, so we'll see what's going on. Yeah, that's a great surprise, Mike. There you go. Happy, hol- well, it's, it's, Happy it's holidays, such, Anthony. It's such a surprise that even I don't know about it. <laughs> it, it really is. It, it, it takes off in that regard. But Arizona wins 90 to 65. And guys, it's becoming a little bit redundant, but it's a good kind of redundancy in that when Arizona plays teams that just aren't as good as Arizona, they blast them and they blast them in a resounding fashion there, shoe. Uh, This was a nice game in a variety of ways. Again, another 25-point win for Arizona. Cats put 90 on the board. Defense looks good. They forced 20-plus turnovers, uh, scored in transition. As a result of that, I thought this had the uh, potential to be a relatively ugly game for Arizona. Haven't played for a week, got the one game a few days postponed, on the road, maybe uncomfortable from three-point range, shots aren't falling perhaps as well as uh, you might expect or hope that they would. And even with all of that and, you know, with good hustle on Oregon State's part and having issues as far as uh, some Beaver offensive rebounding was concerned, for the most part, Arizona did what it has done throughout the course of this year when things have gone well. They went on about two runs and put the game away. One in the first half where they got they, they were down, I think, five at one point, went on a 16 nothing run. I don't know that the game was much less than double figures at any point from there on out. And in the second half, from about minute eight through 12, pulled away and put the game away. AG? Yeah, there was that stretch. It wasn't an Arizona run, but Matherin had nine consecutive points for Arizona. And from that point, they were up 14, and then it was was over after that. Um, But that's what – 
I mean, it's, it's not getting boring watching this team have fun and play well. Uh, and I love, I mean, my, my first love will be the defense because Oregon state really wanted no part of getting up and down the court with Arizona. So Arizona's defense made them play, sped them up and made them play faster. So it was that case of Arizona imposing its will on a lesser team, as you mentioned in the beginning, Mike, and that wasn't always what we've seen in recent years. Well, let's get to some of the comments right here, because I think that that kind of, you know, goes right into what uh, what, um, you know, we're talking about right here. We've got a and I'm trying to find it here. We've already got over 40 comments because <laughs> we're cool and we've got awesome listeners out there. So, um, well, the quest one guy and I'm, I'm sorry, I can't find it at the moment, but uh, he said this is a game that Arizona wins 66 to 56 under Miller. And I think that that's probably I think that's probably about right. Now, one uh, Sean Seeley put on there, the Prince of the East Side, he said Suoro graduate. He said, did this just turn into Ben Matherin's team? Now, the reason that I think that's an interesting question is because we've talked all season about Coloco and how good he's been. Azulis Tabellis, we all know. The one guy, though, that definitely has a flair out there and a little bit of, of a pizzazz with the ball that I don't know anybody else on the team has is Ben Matherin. So I think that's a fascinating point. What do you guys think about that? I think this is a pick your poison team. I think for the first four, five, six games, we saw teams unprepared for how good Christian Coloco was. And now not only is he an actual part of the offense where Arizona's integrating a lot of high-low passes and trying to make him option one, but teams are double teaming him now. Right. Ben got off to the slow start. So I think teams are picking their poison. They've seen what Coloco and Tabellis have done because those two have just been killing everybody. Now they've also been killing everybody because a lot of teams are playing just physically aren't in the same weight class at all. You're going to start playing, you know, Oregon state, they're not super talented up front, but they have sides. Right. Now Arizona is going to start seeing a bunch of teams that look, look more like them in terms of front court size so now you throw Matherin into the mix and you've got all kinds of balance. So I think you're going to see some games where Matherin does this, 29 points, a lot of boards, shooting threes, crazy athletic fast break dunks. And I think you're going to see games where it's Coloco and Tubelas. Right. Chew? I would I would suggest that it's Matherin's team when they need it to be, but more often than not, it's a lot like what uh, – Anthony just uh, broke down. Uh, Arizona is better off when it has an ability to spread the ball. But against right. some of the better teams that they're going to have to face, as Tony, as Anthony noted. Uh, oh, I know what are, you almost did there. <laughs> they are uh, in a – there are times where they're going to have to figure out who gives them the best ability to get a big bucket. And it appears that Matherin may be athletic enough to be the guy who can create his most his own shot on the most consistent basis. You know, with big guys, sometimes you still got to get it to them on the inside. And if they can't uh, come out to the perimeter to try to set some things up, you know, you can double team and sort of try to take them out of the game from time to time. When you have somebody on the wing, it's a little wing and in the backcourt, it's a little bit different. They can create a little bit. Now, I like that Arizona has been the type of team that doesn't mind passing the ball four or five times on the offensive end, that it's shown an unselfishness. But every now and again, when things bog down in the half court, and they're going to, 
you have it's not a bad idea to have somebody on the roster who you can go to who you can feel comfortable about getting a bucket when you need it and it appears that the guy who's closest to that list is Matherin it kind of interesting in that in the first week or so, the people seemed to not really figure out what it was that Arizona was trying to accomplish it was Matherin and then right. in the last two or three games, that's completely changed, which is a great right. thing to see, and it makes Arizona even more versatile on the offensive end. So there's a lot of pick or poison going on, uh, pick your poison going on, which offensively is what you want because, again, you're going to get into situations in the half court uh, where you know, you're going to have some grinded out possessions here and there. But it appears to me that Matherin is the guy who is probably best suited in difficult positions to give you a tough bucket. Mm -hmm. I think what's exciting too about this team, guys, is, you know, and I think one thing that's maybe becoming maybe a little bit of a concern and concern is relative is that it doesn't appear to be a great shooting team, but you look at this team though across the board physically. And again, I don't, they're not going to be physically overmatched against any team in the country. Now there's going to be teams that are better than them. You know, Gonzaga, Duke, you know, probably better than Arizona, but one through five, one through eight, they're never going to go into a game where you're like, oh gosh, I don't know that Arizona is going to be able to handle their, you know, their perimeter pressure or the big man down low. Arizona checks off all those boxes physically. If Arizona is dealing with, well, you know what, maybe Duke's better, maybe Gonzaga's better, that means your year is a heck of a lot. You're you're a heck of a lot further along in this program than people thought. Uh, right. The other group right, that's teams, a good way of putting it. Yeah. I mean, the other groups of teams that interest me a little bit for a couple different reasons. Alabama looked excellent against Gonzaga last against night. Against your Zags. A team like uh, Arkansas, a team mm. like Baylor. Now, again, these are top flight teams with really good backcourts, and good backcourts can dictate uh, and maybe negate a little bit of what Arizona wants to do in terms of trying to force turnovers and getting out in the fast break. But one thing... I differ with Anthony a little. One, one of the things that Anthony said earlier on about Oregon State, I think Oregon State showed a little bit of a blueprint of how other teams with talent are going to try to attack Arizona. My guess was that a lot of teams were going to try to slow it down, use guard play, milk clock, and get games into the 60s and the 70s. Oregon State started this game entirely different. They attacked Arizona's transition defense. So I think that's an area that a lot of teams are going to – because what you have right now, Tommy Lloyd in Arizona, is they're still kind of a mystery. You don't know what you have yet. You've got five games. You understand that it's sort of Gonzaga. I think that's what he wants to try to do. How good is Arizona? The film from last year doesn't really help you a whole heck of a lot. But now right. that now that you've been able to you know get some video on them, you understand what it is they're trying to do, and then you can see where it is that maybe they're a little weak. And I think coming into this game, Oregon State felt they had size, they could get the rebound, and they could have looks in transition going the other direction, which I thought was interesting because we think of Arizona, rightfully, as being a very quick team. But they may not be as adept as we would like in transition defense. And if that happens, then against really good teams, they may give up easy buckets as well. And I think that's something that we might see how well they shore up and whether that's something, uh, a way that other teams decide to try to attack them as the season moves along. One yeah, thing, though, go ahead, Anthony. Yeah, I, I totally thought Oregon State was kind of, they were kind of feeling themselves in the first five minutes of the game yeah. where they were running and they were forcing some turnovers. After that, once 
Arizona completely flipped the script right after that. And they were the ones forcing a ton of turnovers. And after that, I think Oregon State just wanted to melt some clock and dribble out and really turn it into a grind. But we'll see. I mean, we'll see if, uh, you know, we haven't seen a lot of uh, a lot of teams really get into Arizona's guards. You know, if Justin Kyer is your backup point guard, is he, right. is he does he have the handle you want? If right. you got to play in 10 minutes a game, you, we're going to see a lot of Kirk Creasa. And to Mike's point there, is that on the screen, Mike? Yeah, yeah, that's on the screen. That's, oh, not, Mike, that's not Mike Luke. That's Mike Zuniga. Mike Zuniga. That's a great That's a great question and a great topic because most of the time I kind of catch myself saying, don't shoot that three. Right. If only because there's a lot of different options. He can always get that shot. And he's not really hitting at a great percentage right now. But what? let's talk about confidence. You know what? Let's talk about that. We've got a new segment coming up here. One thing, though, that we can all agree on first is, you know what? Shu and AG just disagreed there a little bit. But I can tell you one thing they'll never disagree on, and that's DraftKings Sportsbook app. It's easy. You got a great deal going on that even me, a bad better, can win. That if I put down a dollar on an NFL game and the team scores, I get $100 in free plays. That's going to happen, even for me. And you know what? If it can happen for me, it can happen for Shu. It can happen for AG. It can happen for Sean Seeley, Anthony Hump, Anthony Humbert, KB Thiel. Everybody contributing right now. As always, 21 and up, Arizona only. Gambling problem, 1-800-NEXT-STEP. New customers only. Eligibility restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. All right, so we've got a new segment coming up here, and this is going to be a big feature of the show going forward when we are uh, lucky enough to have Anthony on. And that is a segment that we are going to call Tony's Takes. So uh, we got Tony Gimino on here right now. So ridiculous. Man. That segment is such fire. Man, that's, that's a it's hot lit. segment. It's that's really good stuff. Here's what we're going to do again, just to show everybody out there the, uh, the uh-huh. amazing I work that we've oh, done. that's beautiful. <laughs> I mean, you know, for the graphic designer, that's, that's amazing. <laughs> that was my old profession. So, uh, but hence Tony's takes. What are your, what are your ultimate takeaways from this game, Anthony or Tony? From this game? Yeah, I, I'm going to go back. I mean, all season long, I love this defense. Whether it's pressing, it's an on the ball, attacking. The reason we're talking about Arizona being fun to watch and all this transition offense and dunking is because of defense. You can't do that out of the pack line. Right, exactly. That's the key. And I think that's a great uh, Tony take right there. And they, you know, they entered this game leading. We can talk about their offense, them scoring 90 points, leading the country in assists. I'm much more interested in them before this game and leading the nation in field goal percentage defense. Right. No, and I think, Anthony, I think, or just for this one segment, are we allowed to call you Tony or does it have to be, still be Anthony? I think it's Anthony, but the graphic's fantastic. Okay. The, all right. So, um, by the way, We've gotten a lot of good comments already on the graphic design. <laughs> Woo, Tony's takes. <laughs> Laughing my ass off. Freaking awesome. Tony's takes. Yes, we're giving the people what they want. And yeah. it all you know, you can you can you can help me by giving me a heads up this is coming. 
<laughs> no. Well, no, it's absolutely it's not. <laughs> yes, it's not coming. Well, now you now you can. We want to. We want to. Show. Uh, my Mike wants to showcase uh, your uh, impromptu wow, uh, improbabilities. That's right. Your spontaneity. Bam! You're going to be right there now. Now you're. I don't think you're on your toes right now. I can't see. But uh, I'm 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 betting that in the future, you know, that very well may be the case. And I certainly look forward to more of the takes, Tony Stark. In, in all fairness, <laughs> we need to this, be doing this like at a pizza joint, guys. This this seems like a Mike Luke inspired uh, uh, term, but mm-hmm. I will say that the the guy above you right there to your left or right, who's not wearing the hat. I don't know how you're looking at this right now. Uh, that term was actually coined by one John Schuster, not Mike Luke, on another platform. So don't blame me. But uh, all right, guys, let's uh, – tell or, Anthony, I think I think that uh, you make a great point there, and I want to get back to Kerr in a second, where, yes, you could play really good defense with – you know, a lot of Miller's teams played really good defense, but the defense just resulted in a stop. And it didn't result in any kind of transition going the other way, no matter how much they tried to sell running and gunning. So, and I think that's something that when you see this team right now, that the offense is being set up by the defense in a way that we haven't seen since Lute was here. Shoe? Who wants to take that? Sure, I'll take that. Uh, well, shoe. Yeah. Shoes yeah. takes. Uh, right, boy, that's got nowhere near the ring. No uh, alliteration. There is no alliteration. Of course, Jamil and uh, the other guy come up with the word alliteration. The uh, real writers, the uh, the multi-platform broadcast professional host there uh, just puts it all together, and it's genius. Uh, I, yeah, that, and, and those are – and it's kind of one of those things that I'm – I want to see how well they play when they can't consistently make that happen. It has been outstanding what they have been able to do, turning defense into positive point offense. And again, I think they forced, what, more than 20 turnovers against Oregon State tonight. Uh, But you do that through two ways. You do that through um, getting a rebound and pushing it and forcing turnovers and pushing it and getting easy buckets. That was good. Put that all aside and consider something else, though. How many good looks does Arizona tonight have in the second half in their half-court offense? A lot. Yeah. And they scored and they scored quite a bit of those uh, in the paint. So even though we're talking about, oh, did do Kerr, don't take the don't take the three-point Mathern, don't take, ooh, I don't know. Do you want to you can maybe get a better shot? More often than not, Arizona did get really good looks. They got Coloco more involved in the second half. I thought the Ballo kid played reasonably well. You can see how raw he's he a keeper. Is. Yeah, for but, sure. But but he may be somebody you don't want to see him playing 15 minutes a game at this stage. Uh, but if he can give you a solid six, and then maybe next month he gives you a solid eight, and then the month after that a solid ten, you know you can have a a, a very nice contributor who improves on a fairly consistent basis and, and, and be good for the program. So that's very nice as well. But their willingness and ability to get into the paint, I thought was very good. And naturally throughout the course of the year, there's going to be a lot of, it's totally understandable, Gonzaga comparisons. Well, one of the things Gonzaga did very well last year was they scored more in the paint than any other team in college basketball. So it looks like Arizona – yeah, there are threes available, and they're and Mike's right. They're not a particularly, you know, hot shooting team. Hopefully, they can keep you honest and make enough, and and, and the good looks are enough that they create as a result. 
But Arizona, if they keep moving the ball like this, is going to score a bunch on the inside, and that's good news. Yeah, for sure. And I think one, I think one thing too that uh, just kind of piggyback on Shoes Point and KB uh, Field just put that out here as well. You know, when Umar Ballo came over from uh, Gonzaga, I was, and again, I was wrong, but uh, it won't be the first or the last time I was wrong. But uh, I was figuring that he was kind of going to be kind of a Gene Edgerson type, you know, big physical guy that not a lot of skill, but you know what? He plays eight minutes a game. This is somebody that looks like when, if Christian Coloco leaves, you know, if you have to put him in the starting center position, I don't go into, I don't go into next season or the season after that saying, oh gosh, what are we going to do there? He's more than capable out there. He's just locked behind a guy in Coloco that's on another level right now, Anthony. Yeah, I mean, Coloco has a lot down as the most pleasant surprise of the season. Mm-hmm. But In college uh, basketball, maybe. It, it, absolutely. and a, But Balo is number two mm-hmm. because, you know, you looked at his very short body of work at Gonzaga and thought, oh, he's, he's a guy who's just going to be able to fill in a few minutes a game, take up space, throw some elbows, that kind of thing. But he's – He's got the size and some skills, and he moves well. So yeah, I mean, I look, uh, I look forward to seeing him grow in minutes over the next couple of years after Coloco leaves. Let me ask you guys this: and you, we've seen a lot of top ten basketball programs here at the at the U of A. Just from what you guys have seen so far, and again, we're seven games in. Does this feel to you? like a top 10 basketball program when you look around the landscape of college basketball. Again, I know it's early. I'm not going to hold you to this unless it's Anthony who says something that's wrong and then I will hold him to it. But it, what, what do you guys think about that though? Does this look aesthetically like a top 10 program or a top well, 10 my, team? Okay. That's what I was going to ask you. Are we talking about a top 10 program? That's a longer top 10 team. Question. Sorry. Or are we me. talking about a top 10 team? We're talking about a top 10 team, team yeah. right now. Yeah. Uh, and every metric plays that out. And take that, take the metrics for what it's worth. Okay. I don't know if you saw uh, some of the uh, Seth Greenberg at the half even had Arizona in his top four. Uh, mm-hmm. Ken Palm, I think, has Arizona in its top four. Uh, a couple of the analytics sites have Arizona anywhere from, I think, three to seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you look at what they're bringing to the equation, they're not beating bad teams by relatively small amounts of killing teams. Right. Uh, they're, they're putting teams away. That's great. Uh, so, you know, there are there's reason to feel good. Now, are they susceptible to matchups against really good teams? Yes, probably. Michigan State is a team, as an example, I'll just throw some names out there. If you're concerned about Michigan State, that's a good thing uh, because yes, it means yes, that, yes. you know, Arizona is progressing further along than maybe we thought they would at this stage. That's that that that's excellent news. But you know, using using Michigan State as an example, team that rebounds and uses rebounds to get out in transition. Again, based on what I saw, and it's a small sample size, I have a feeling that athletic teams believe that they can beat Arizona in transition defense, and that's what they're going to try to do to, in essence, match what it is that the U of A wants to do as far as its own offense is concerned. So you're going to get a lot of running up and back, and it's great to watch, but you're not necessarily going to be able to string together the runs that you want to. So teams that have good backcourts and teams that can clean the glass are going to be problems for a lot of people, but I think they could be an issue as far as Arizona is concerned as well. The team more notably in this conference that concerns me, and they should concern a lot of people, is USC. Because USC has the type of size that can really make things difficult and make right. games ugly. Arizona wants to make games pretty. 
Uh, USC wants to make. Isn't that weird to say? Doesn't that just feel weird to say? It it is. It's 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 nice to hear too, and not just because I have a great voice. Uh, But it's uh, (laughs) that those 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 become really interesting style games uh, that I think could be very fascinating and 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 it'll be good tests. There'll be good tests for both teams to see who's better at imposing their will. Ag. Yeah, I'm not going. I'm not going top ten team yet, because I, I looked it up for you, Shu. They're number twelve right now in Ken Palm, and it's mm. already been updated with. Thank you, team. Anthony. Uh, and the thing about the eleven teams ahead of Arizona right now, they've all played a much better schedule. You know, Arizona. Yeah, Michigan. I mean, Michigan losing again after yeah. the Arizona loss. Um, okay, it was Carolina, but they got blown out again. Uh, certainly didn't help. So the strength of schedule, I think, is going to be one of those things that are going to at least have some national folks still on the on the fence. I, I think because what's going to I mean, there's uh, Illinois, Tennessee, and the LA road trip right. coming up in the next in the next. We're going to know. I think we're going to yeah. have a real. The questions we're asking right now, where we're trying to project, I don't think we're going to have to project a uh, um, a month from now because okay. like. Like you just said, Anthony, you've got Illinois, you've got Tennessee, and then you've got that L.A. road trip. I think that we're going to have a really, really good idea of where everything stands, just like we have a really good idea of where the DraftKings Sportsbook app stands right now. Now, again, here's the deal. $1 on an NFL game. If either team scores, you get $100 for a new – I almost said new listener, a new uh, new player, new subscriber, whatever the term is. And I'm going to give you a little bit of advice out there, people. Take the over in these U of A games. I made a living off taking the under in the past. No more. You want to live on the over. You want to live on the over right now because these games are uh, these games are up and down. They're fun to watch and uh, they are exciting as well. So, but um, let's let's move forward here a little bit. Oh, real quickly, am I wrong in thinking that Oregon State should be better than one and seven? Yeah. No, you're not. I mean, you're you're no. They you are correct. You are correct in your assessment. And yes. I think I think I would I am surprised by that record. And I'm guessing that the Oregon State coaching staff is surprised by that too. Yeah. But one of the things that I, I, I think they're going to be a much improved team in a couple months. In about mm-hmm. six weeks, they're gonna, you know, maybe they start out slow in conference play, but much like their in-state rival Oregon, which goes through this process as well. I think Oregon's state is going to be a heck of a lot better uh, six weeks from now, two months from now, than the team uh, out there. You can see pieces that just aren't fitting together, but I think Tinkle is a good coach that uh, he can get the improvement that he's hoping. And frankly, that's going to need to happen because right now, there is such a massive separation of everybody else in this conference. It's like you have, in no particular order, uh, Arizona, UCLA, USC are all good teams, really good teams that appear that they could make significant tournament runs and be a problem for right. a lot of others. And you have a lot of stuff that looks like crap. All right, and 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 that's got to get better because a lot of the the the, the top teams in the conference other all the time <laughs> wait a second so wait a second. but I, i'm totally okay with this because we spent i don't know four or five years of the team just everybody being kind of mediocre right and everybody looking like they're going to be nine and nine 
right. don't mind a few separations and having UCLA and well, well, Anthony, we I, think, I think I think my concern isn't that Arizona, UCLA, and USC could be sixteen and two. My concern is that it looks like everybody else is going to win two games in this conference, and 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 so it's not like I think they're going to there. There may be a lot of nine and nine teams because they just beat up on equal crap. Uh, but it it doesn't feel. I'd prefer that the conference had a team like Oregon State that improves, a team like Oregon who I think is going to be significantly better. I mean, Oregon, Washington State's going to be a tough out, especially up in Pullman. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know what's not a tough out though? ASU. Right. ASU is not going to be a tough out. I hope I'm wrong. You, you know, hey, like like Mike said, then if it wrong, you know, it's not going to be the last time I'm wrong unless I'm dead. Uh, so hopefully I'm still around for some of these broadcasts. Uh, but I'm right now what I'm seeing as far as some of these teams just look. If you want to eye test Arizona and like what you see and are they or aren't they potentially a top 10 team before this all sifts out, okay, then I'm eye testing a lot of other teams in this conference as well, and I'm just seeing drags. And maybe that's just the nature of college basketball as a whole, still trying to navigate all the COVID stuff. Maybe there are just too many Division I basketball teams, but I don't get a good feeling right now about a middle healthy conference. I'm great with the A tier. That's fantastic. But it feels like we're going from A to F. And I want a little, I want some B's and I want some C's. And then, you, you know, you tolerate the D's and the F's. Every, every conference has it. But I feel like this is a 12-team league that has three A's and, you know, two A- D's and seven F's. A-G, and I'm hoping you, I'm wrong about that. AG, do you want to hit shoe with the uppercut or should I? Do it. All right. Watch this. Boom. All right, so um, was, I don't know we what need that a graphic. Was. I don't know, but <laughs> we certainly need a future graphic for it. Yeah. The, the uppercut. <laughs> yes. um, but I think I think those three are fine. Um, I, I think the body of work with Oregon, it will, as she would like to say, would suggest that they'll be fine by the top of the year. So you got those four teams. Wazoo, I, I, I disagree with Shu a little bit there. I think Wazoo is a pretty decent team. I mean, they almost beat USC. Uh, they got a couple players that are pretty good. Noah Williams and the the kid down low that I'm drawing a blank on his name. But um, yeah, but other but I think what Shu's point is though is that uh, ASU is total poop. They're awful. Um, Washington is terrible. Uh, Cal is not good. Stanford is not good. And I think the problem, and I think this is what Shu is. Uh, uh, kind of pointing to is there are teams here that I don't necessarily see getting any better, but I do disagree with shoot here. And that I think if you can give me four good teams, like four legitimately really good teams. And right now you got three and I, and I can probably count on Oregon joining that group in a month or so. That's a lot different than we've had in the past where, like you said, it just seems like every team was nine and nine AG. Yeah. I'm, I'm totally okay with that. The problem with the pac 12 has been, yeah, they were all kind of good, but nobody – they were all eight, nine, ten seeds in the NCAA tournament. Right, exactly. So I don't mind having – I don't mind having three or four teams that uh, – That are top three seeds? Yeah, I mean, okay. they're not all going to be top three seeds, but maybe five or six, and you figure they got a shot at Sweet 16. And maybe somebody like Oregon State last year surprises and goes yeah. all the way to the elite. And then it looks I, – I can see your point. It looks a little better, you know, if it lays out if, if quote-unquote, three Pac-12 teams are in the Sweet 16 yeah, because that's how the stat – Or know, three Elite Eight like last okay. year. Sure. If we're trying to enhance 
and improve the reputation of the Pac-12, which began a little bit in last year's postseason, then you're going to need those elite teams. Nobody nobody cares about, oh, we're a really deep team. We're a really deep league, and our 9-9 and nine team can beat your 10-8 and team. See, I, I, I don't. I, I think there's a little of two. You need elite teams. Clearly, you need teams that can play anybody anywhere and and have an opportunity to make deep runs. Arizona might be one of those teams. Maybe they're a little bit more advanced this year than we expected. UCLA is expected to have that happen. USC looks good at this stage. I think you guys are right. There's reason to believe that Oregon and Oregon State are going to get better, and Washington State plays good defense. Okay, I don't know that. I, I don't see Washington State in any stage like a team that's going to make. At at some point, I think you run into a problem if what you have is three teams in a conference that are, you know, five or above seats, five, five or more favorable seats, and nobody else in the league got anywhere. Part of the thing about the ACC, other than it has 32 teams in its damn conference now, is that they get, you know, they get 10 bids. The Big Ten gets 10 bids. The, you know, other leagues get 10 bids and the Pac-12 sometimes doesn't get a whole heck of a lot of, of those. And right now I'm looking at three teams that belong in the tournament, nobody else that maybe does. All right, fair enough. Now, before we sign off here, and I might be off next Saturday, and I'm going to break the news here to Shu that I might ask Shu to host if possible. And that may be an issue. I may be out of town too. Well, you might have been we'll, out of town. We'll have to, we'll have we'll, to, we'll have to navigate and see what's going on. Well, Anthony's generally available to be on on Saturdays too, so I'm going to probably ask Anthony as well to be on. So, But if they can't, we'll figure it out. Um, but that's called a tease right there. But this is the AZ is that Wild. what that was called? That was called a tease, yes. I see, all right. This is, but this is the AZ Wildcats podcast. And on the AZ Wildcats podcast, we can also make fun of ASU before we sign off. They're playing here in about 15 minutes. And I say we make fun of ASU for a second. Guys, that game against Washington State, and unfortunately, I watched quite a bit of it. Eh. I yeah. mean, that was as ugly a basketball game as I have ever seen on the high school or co college level. Yeah, it was 29 brutal. points. Uh, I, I wasn't watching until good. Somebody sent me a text. I wasn't <laughs> you, Mike. Was I? I can't remember who I think it was. It was me. Was like it was like twenty six nine at halftime. Was that the score? Yes, yes. And and I swear to God, well that's. And my first reaction was that must be some kind of typo, right? No, and no, 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 no. I go online to check it, nine points. Well, now that was a train wreck, and you got to watch the rest of it. What was great about it, too, is that so they're booing ASU as they're walking off the court. And Bobby Hurley's asked about it in the post game. And he said he's asked about it. They said, uh, I can't remember who it was. I think it was somebody from the Republic said or asked him, said, well, did you hear the boos? And Bobby Hurley says, well, yeah. And then he said, what did you think? And he says, what did you think about the booze? And he says, we deserved them. We scored nine <laughs> points in the first half. That's a good answer. That's a good answer. You know, it's not a it's it's a it's a question you don't necessarily want to get. It's easy to be defensive about it, but you know, sometimes there isn't you know there isn't much more that can be said. And at least to his credit, he said it right. He didn't hide away from crap. And uh, you know, that's uh, I'm I'm fascinated by how quickly I don't I'm gonna say quickly. Yeah, ASU you're right. Well, right. quickly's never been a good ASU's never been a good team, but under Hurley, they seem like they can win eighteen they to twenty-two and be competitive, yeah. right? But, yeah, and, yeah, and and this team doesn't look anything. This team's lost, and and I'm I'm baffled by what appears to be a dearth of talent just because it appears they lost one player. 
Now, granted, the player's really good, but maybe that has a lot to say about Hurley's style, which seems to be, if I can get two or three players, maybe I'll just give them the ball and hope for the best. And then, you know, just try to have filler out there. Well, if those guys are gone, then you have filler, and filler sucks. And, yeah. and one of the lines on DraftKings, the last I saw that had me utterly perplexed. I know where you're going with this. Is that Oregon was a nine-point favorite at home against yeah. ASU? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know I, how much that li- if that line has changed since you know it was maybe yeah. 24 hours ago that I saw that, but it was I, I was a little thrown off by that number. I think I saw that just a couple hours ago. So you know, if, and if, you know, if, hey, who, if people who listen to the uh, you know this podcast and others were really smart, they may have parlayed the Arizona hmm. and ASU games. Hmm. I know yep. somebody who did that. One of uh, Anthony, a good friend of yours and mine, who happens to live in the East Valley, parlayed those two very games uh, on DraftKings. Could be exactly correct. Yes. Could this be a wise move? Right. Could this be a very close friend of both of yours? Well, it's possible. I don't know if he's working or if he's at home at the moment. Oh God! Really? (laughs) That's terrible. Yes. Sometimes it's the same. Yes. Guys, as always, Arizona oh, Arizona beat him down. We laughed. <laughs> Arizona beat down. And that was it. That was some inside baseball right there, but that was very funny just from an outside observer. You can text me with your questions and I'll refer you to either Anthony or Shu with the uh, to the answer. But as always out there, everyone, appreciate you. Uh, appreciate all the remarks. Almost hit almost a hundred on this one. Yeah, it's fantastic. Um, Thanks so much. Yeah, yes, as always, AG Shu. Um, appreciate you guys, everybody out there that commented that listen, really appreciate all you guys, Anthony, thanks for being a good sport with this new segment. As you could see, there's a lot of people that liked it and it wasn't just me that, uh, that liked it as well. I think part of it was because of my, uh, my Photoshop work, which I actually didn't participate in, but you know, so we'll leave it at that. But again, for everybody out there, appreciate all you guys and, uh, We'll see you. We'll see you coming up this week. Uh, Arizona plays Wednesday and then uh, then Saturday. So for John Schuster, Anthony Cimino, I am merely Mike Luke. You've been listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.